Do you know what it will entice you to clean? If your house smells like a beach afterward and it doesn't smell like, you know, cleaning products. Well, enter Clorox. They can transform your space into a tropical getaway by upgrading your cleaning routine with coconut scented Clorox Sentiva. It smells like coconut. It cleans like Clorox and it feels like inspiration. With a refreshing scent that will leave your home clean and fresh, elevating any room into an oasis. Now you can express your style and get shiny clean, get Clorox Sentiva at a nearby retail store, also available in grapefruit or lavender scents. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic, Onobotulinum Toxin A, and iFund Women Grants at South by Southwest, thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. What advice would you give to upcoming like female entrepreneurs or just already sort of established trying to survive still? I literally joke with my staff and, and we always are saying, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? You want to be broke all the time and working 24-7? Ooh. Yeah, but look so, at you. Yeah, right? But I'm here. So the advice that I give is and I coined this, and I believe I said it on my TED Talk, that your passion follows you. You cannot follow your passion. Mm -hmm. So my advice is to let your passion follow you, get out of your own way, and never stop and never settle. This episode was brought to you by Botox Cosmetic. Learn more at BotoxCosmetic.com and talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, call 877 877- Three five one zero three zero zero, and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe where you listen to your podcast. Ashley, is it true that some contestants have cashed in their 401k to afford a new wardrobe for The Bachelor? I mean, you do need a lot of ball gowns when you think about it, Ben. Where did you hear this? On Smart Money Happy Hour. It's a podcast where two money experts, Rachel Cruz and George Camel, Talk totally unfiltered about life, pop culture, and how to afford it all with 90s nostalgia and reality TV fandom mixed in, of course. Ooh, you do not have to say more to get me into this. To check it out, you can search Smart Money Happy Hour and listen wherever you get your podcasts. All right, ladies, let's be real. Who here actually enjoys shaving their legs? Yeah, absolutely no one. I know this. Get this, Nair. Yes, Nair, the OG, has leveled up. They've got these new sensational shower creams and body creams that smell absolutely amazing. I know this is not the smell that you're thinking of from the 90s when your mom first pulled this out for you. These smells will light up your bathroom, honestly. They'll make your shower experience better. 
It smells like a spa, actually. Oh, yeah. And how do you know this? Well, I just, I mean, Nair's in the household. So anytime Nair's used, it smells like a spa. You probably don't even know what it does. It takes hair away. <laughs> it works in as little as three minutes. You don't have to bother with nicks, cuts, shaves, and the smooth lasts so much longer than shaving. You're also not going to have to deal with any of those shave bumps or anything like that because the bumps are just as annoying as the nicks, right? Nair's new sensational shower and body creams are free of all the nasty chemicals like phthalates and sulfates. So you can feel good about what you're putting on your skin and you could have a little bit of a me time moment with Nair, the number one hair removal brand. Smell for yourself. And as Ben, Ben smelled for himself and he likes it. It's Ben approved. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. This is Ben and Ashley I, Almost Famous, In-Depth. Oh, we've had a busy self-isolation time. Ashley, it is a joy in my life uh, to be able to take time out of my day to talk to you about everything good. Ashley, how you doing? I am good. How are you, Ben? I'm great. Hey, uh, listeners, before uh, Ashley and I get started on today's uh, episode, which is a very... uh, a very special one, like they all are, uh, but we have a guest who we've talked about often, who uh, we've both gotten to know, and who most of us out there have gotten to know over the last few months. But before we introduce them, Ashley and I came up with a, a new goal for ourselves, and we'd like to add, invite you all to follow <laughs> along. We are going to try to walk 10,000 steps per day for the rest of self-isolation. D- Ashley, do you think you can do it? I definitely can. It's manageable. When you think about it, it's like maybe two miles. So two miles, just I know that a lot of people probably don't live in neighborhoods where they can walk around that long. You think that that's going to be an issue with people? Because I think we're coming from people who um, we're people who have neighborhoods that are very small, spread. Yeah. Yeah. Apartment buildings are tough. Here's the thing, though, like. I don't know, Ashley, with during a time of self-isolation, if there's any excuse. Like, you can walk around your couch for 45 <laughs> okay, minutes if you okay, need to. Okay, you're probably right. Yeah. Like, Go from one room to the other room. Move. One room to the other room. Yeah, we have to move. We've got to move. Well, Ashley, uh, let's not uh, delay it any further. Uh, you and I have wanted to do this for a while. Uh, you basically just tried to build suspense by saying walk around before we introduce our gigantic guest. Uh, I agreed. Yeah, see. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, listeners, uh, fans of the Almost Famous podcast, uh, huge fans of the in-depth episode. Welcome to this in-depth episode with Peter Weber. Peter, how you doing? I'm doing good, guys. Yeah, it's good to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm going to try to take on that 10,000 uh, step challenge. Might be a little difficult here, but I'll try my best. The uh, If you guys uh, don't know Peter, uh, well, one, I, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast. Two, <laughs> uh, he's, uh, he's from Westlake Village, California, known for being on Hannah Brown's season of The Bachelorette, uh, is also known as our most recent bachelor. Uh, he is a pilot for Delta Airlines. Uh, Peter, I want to start this. Uh, we've talked a lot, Ashley and I have, about how we wanted to start this podcast today. Um. And we believe uh, we've we have this kind of saying that goes on during the in depth episodes, which are meant to just get anybody's story out there. Is uh, truth is truth, and truth wins. So um, ultimately, even if somebody doesn't like your truth, it is your truth, and for that, they need to respect it at some level. And so, 
Today, I want to start just with you saying, hey, you're here because your truth needs to be said. Uh, some might still not like it. That's okay. Um, but at yeah. least the truth can get out there. You've been in the headlines uh, for a while now after your time on The Bachelor. Uh, your time on The Bachelor, uh, and you and I got to talk about it quite a bit, uh, at least in my opinion, um, wasn't ideal uh, at times. At some moments it was. I'm sure and we'll talk about that. But it, it was heavy at times as well. And so now it's just, let's sit down and talk about it. Um, and so let's start with this. Uh, Peter, we just introed you in your background uh, of who, where you're from, uh, kind of like what you like to do. Um, I want to start by asking you, first off, how are you doing? If we took all of this uh, and just uh, put it in, into one microcosm of your life, the show, your life after the show, how are you doing personally? Yeah, I am doing uh, I'm doing good. Honestly, I really am. Uh, it's obviously been quite the whirlwind for me quite the, the last year. Um, just kind of looking back on everything. Uh, it's, it's been kind of like funny for me just to think like I've, you know, kind of been in this world like pretty hardcore since, uh, you know, the whole dating world through the bachelorette bachelors, you know, for over a year now. So um, obviously, it ended a couple weeks ago. Um, things are still going on though. I know people are still talking and, um, you know, honestly though, like I, I feel like I definitely, you kind of have to, there's like no choice. I've gotten really, really tough skin throughout all this, um, especially at the end. And, um, you know, I'm just, I'm every day I, I still, I wake up extremely grateful for the opportunity I had to, uh, you know, be on the bachelorette and then be the bachelor and then look for, you know, you know, hopefully the, the girl in my dreams. Um, and uh, I don't regret it. Um, you know, I, I've had a lot of time to reflect for sure on everything that, you know, has transpired, you know, the good decisions I made, the poor decisions I made, um, and try to just, you know, grow from that and become a better person uh, moving forward. But uh, yeah, I really am. Like I can honestly say I'm, I'm doing as good as you can be doing right now in this, throughout this pandemic. It's obviously kind of crazy. It's just a weird time we're living in, but I really am doing good. From a fan's perspective, your family got more involved in this season than any other family. How's your family doing? Yeah, they uh, they really did. Um, they're they're doing good as well. Obviously, that AFR was a tough you know tough episode for everyone. Um, obviously, there's been you know a lot of opinions, you know, good opinions, bad opinions about all that. But my family is very strong. We've always been very very supportive of each other. Each other's rock and. Uh, you know, we have each other's back always. Um, I love them more than anything. And I know they love me more than anything as well. Going to be honest, when we got into the quarantine situation, I was like, could you imagine being in the Weber house right now? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, to be completely fair, though, like I know people thought there was like all this like it, all this tension and, and whatnot. Um, there really wasn't. My, my family, listen, we we I don't know if it comes from kind of like uh just kind of being raised in a Cuban culture, like household or whatnot, we, we can be very emotional and just very passionate about, you know, you know stuff. And um, obviously we're not going to agree on, on everything. No family does. Uh, but we, one of the things I love about my family is that we just, we don't like hold grudges or anything or uh, let stuff get to us for too long. Uh, you know, that love that we share always pulls us through literally anything that we're going through. Um, so you know, it's been good. I was making some uh, some dance videos with my mom uh, before I, uh, before I left the house there and everything, and it's all good. Peter, you and I were able to speak. Uh, if we flash back months right before this whole thing started for you, um, and I and I made you one promise. I don't know if you remember this, but I just was like, hey, if I was in Peter's shoes, what would I want to hear? And one is, you know, I said, hey, if I can do it, you can do it, which is very true. 
uh, you're going to be able to do it. Now, how well we do it is up to us as people. But the second was that at the end of all of this, it's all going to work out for the good. Like even if it's hard and even if it looks ugly and even if it feels heavy and it feels like I've done everything wrong in the process, which you and I have both felt at times during this, I'm sure is right. it all ends up working out for the good. I mean, my life now, uh, is a great representation of that, right? I learned a lot from my experience as a bachelor. It, a lot of pain was caused. Uh, and now I'm able to celebrate with my fiance and, uh, enjoy a great life. It took a yeah, while. Congrats, man. Thanks buddy. Um, now that I've made that promise to you, has it held true? Uh, and again, we're going to get into the details later on, but I just want to start this podcast by kind of getting a tone of where you're at, what you're feeling so that our listeners can ride along this journey with you. Uh, has that held true? Has it all worked out for the good? I, I, I truly do believe so. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you called that and I truly feel like that is an accurate uh, yeah, representation of my whole experience. Um, obviously, there was a crazy up and downs. And, um, you know, I've always been a firm believer that, you know, things happen for a reason. And uh, sometimes you truly don't understand why things are happening. Um, but in the end, it's going to work out for the better. Um, maybe a couple of weeks ago, you know, I'm like, dang, where is this going? You know, how is this even at the very end? Like, I don't even, I didn't even know how it was going to end, you know, after AFR. Um, you know, for a couple of days there, there was a lot of just kind of confusion still. But um, through all of that, I do feel very good about where I'm at right now, um, even through all the mistakes. I really, I really do mean that. And, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm still hopeful. I'm still excited. I'm excited, looking forward to the future um, for what's to come. And, uh, yeah, I think your advice was spot on. You know, uh, a lot has happened and a lot seems to be happening. I was talking to Ashley earlier. I was like, you know, there's very few people that have been in the public eye like you have that have had so many headlines, so many different headlines written about them as such a small piece in time, like uh, in such a quick amount of time. Like, I feel like every yeah. day there is a, and part of that just becomes the territory. Like, you're popular. People uh, have celebrated with you. They've mourned with you. They've criticized you. Like, that just comes with being The Bachelor. That's just part of it. Um, and with the media the way it is today, it's it's flooding information about Peter Weber and what he's doing and who he's dating and where he's been and all this stuff. Just a lot has happened um, with you. Right. Is it, is it at all? I mean, you're not a professional entertainer. Like none of us right. are. Like <laughs> how dater. are you, how are you dealing with this? Like this, you said you've developed tough, like tough skin. That's great. I'm glad to hear that buddy. Like I am, right. I'm, I'm so happy you say that, but like, that's not the full truth here. And we, I want to hear your full truth. Like you don't just develop tough skin because you get criticized enough. You have to do things in the process of getting to the place where you can handle it. And there's a lot of pain involved in getting to that place in that time. Like, what has that been like for you? I mean, yeah, it hasn't, it hasn't been easy, obviously. Um, there's, there's absolutely no way to prepare for this kind of attention to be brought upon you. Um, there's just no way. Um, just like I felt like, you know, even going through the experience of being the bachelor, as much as we talked and all the advice that I asked, you know, from you and that you gave me, um, and I took to heart, it's, it's still, there was no way to completely prepare for being the bachelor. Um, so with all this attention, just kind of being cast on me now and just everyone, just, you know, every little thing I do is analyzed. That part has been, has been tough. And it's like, it, 
in the beginning and it's like, it just, it almost kind of consumes you because for me, I'm like, literally everything I do, I think about, okay, what's people's reaction going to be to this? And is this going to be criticized or is this going to be accepted? And that part kind of sucks. And I have not necessarily enjoyed that. And at some point you just have to <laughs> literally as simple as just not read the comments. I know I remember Becca, she, she gave me, uh, <laughs> when, when this all, when I did my first podcast with her, um, she gave me this like little lanyard and it just said, don't read the comments. And like, that's probably like the best advice, you know, I could have gotten as well. And it's, you know, when, when you, when I realized that, um, all that stuff, in my opinion, it's fake and it's not real because not once not, and I can, I can honestly say it's not once in real life through all my flights, just being out in public, anyone I've met out on the street, have I ever heard one negative comment mm -hmm. ever, but you can see on social media or on the internet or all this, this stuff that's fake. It's not real life. You know, social media, it's not, that's not your real life. And people just get so consumed in it. That's where all that negativity and that trash is. But the real life, it's all great. And like when I finally realized that it was a huge weight just lifted off my shoulders and it allowed me to just be so much happier, continue to build that tough skin and just realize like what actually matters and the human interactions that I have on a daily basis, those are great and amazing. And I appreciate those so much. I'm not going to let the little stuff get to me at all. The I have one uh, final thing, and then uh, just to let you know, we're going to dive into some of the details of your experience and your season and kind of the uh, the ways that it led you to the end. And then I want to close this podcast with getting back to kind of you personally, where you're at and how you're doing yeah. and kind of close all that up. Um, but before uh, I throw it over to Ashley to kind of dig into your seasoning, your experience, um, there has been, though, I remember sitting in your shoes um, during my time and, you know, you and I can relate in, in some ways from our experience, right? That it wasn't always pretty. There was confusion, there's right. a little chaos. Um, we get all, you know, we're on it and we think, oh, this has worked out for how it was supposed to work out for me. And it feels like there, every loose end has been tied, you know, tied and everything's clean. And then you get off of it and you realize that like maybe the public doesn't agree fully and that like there's right. some, some heat now. Um, Luckily, back in my day, uh, social media wasn't as prevalent. And so now your whole story of right. what you've done since the show is being displayed. But would I be mistaken to say that there has still, even though you feel you're like you're doing well, even though you feel like there's been praise to your face, which I'm sure there is, uh, that there is, there's a little anxiety uh, in your life, like a little pain. Um, if our listeners could like really get and understand exactly where you're at, like where, why you have a little fear. Uh, can you explain that to them before we start step forward, just so they know where Peter Weber is at and why you're feeling the way you are? Yeah, no, listen, I mean, what I just said obviously was true and it's been great in person having so much positivity. Um, but yeah, I can a hundred percent admit that I've definitely had a ton of anxiety and a ton of stress. Uh, just again, just being thrust into kind of the spotlight so much and having everybody just analyze every move and then having so much, so many critics as well. Like I'm just a freaking, I'm a human being. And I, like you said, I'm, I'm not an entertainer. I, I'm not a professional dater. I'm a pilot that, you know, signed up for this show, hoping it would work. I was lucky enough to, to be blessed with the opportunity to go on and be the bachelor too. And, um, it's, that part has been tough. And like, it just, it's, I don't know for, for me personally, I've never been someone that's been able to, I've never like used my time to like talk negatively about anyone or go cast, you know, negative judgment on that person or whatever it may be. But 
I know some people do do a lot of people do do that, and yeah, that that stuff hurts. It does. Um, it's it takes a little bit to get used to, a lot of it to get used to, and um, has definitely caused some anxiety. But uh, again, I I just do my absolute best. Um, I my number one thing is just all about gratitude, 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 and if I can focus on that more than anything else, I'm gonna pull myself through, you know, the tough times. I want to bring you back as the Peter you are today two big turning points on the show. So what would you tell the Peter on night one now? Oh, that's good. Um, let's see. I mean, night one, night one was great. I, uh, To be completely honest, like, I, I, I don't think I would, I would change anything from night one of, of how it went. Um, you know, probably just to, to calm down a little bit and not be so frick because I was so nervous going to that first night. But just knowing that, you know, all the women were just as nervous as you. Um, just to, I, I don't know, honestly, I, I, there was nothing really I would change from that first night. Just to get excited for this journey. There's a lot of things I would say later on in the season, but the first night I, I wouldn't have much advice. At what point do you start giving yourself advice? <laughs> I, I would have given myself advice um, starting with like the pool party stuff. Like I forgot what episode that was. But um, in regards to just kind of really being influenced by, uh, you know, the house in general. And just um, I think for me, I went into it just because of the person I am, you know, just being someone that, yeah, I... I like to give people the benefit of the doubt, and 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 I have those tendencies of being a people pleaser, um, to not worry so much about that, and just really, really do what I needed to do for myself. And like with the pool party and like the Alea stuff, and you know, I remember that was like the first like part of the journey for me. I was like, like I, I don't know if I handled that the right way. Like I should have just focused on myself, been a little bit more selfish, and not not taken so many opinions in and done what I needed to do. I have one, uh, and I, I'm going to be so mad at myself if I don't uh, ask this, uh, Peter, because um, it was like my, we, you know, obviously we watch these seasons, we critique everything as part of the podcast, and I say, why did Peter do that, or what yeah. what was he thinking? One of my biggest critiques of you was I have never seen, and, and, and this is me selfishly, I just have to ask you as a fan of you. No, is, go for it. Uh, and then it's going to go back to Ashley to actually get to the heart of things. This is really derailing us. How in the world <laughs> did you, how in the world did you kiss girls in front of other girls? I like that was when you say pool party, I'm thinking about a scene where like you were kissing a girl and you knew other people could see it. Like that was when I was like, oh, Peter, like this could get bad. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it's a good question. I um, to be, I don't, I don't. Okay, I don't. I'll be honest. I don't know if like in the like going back to that pool party. I don't know if I actually knew that people saw me being affectionate with other women. Um, I was not. I for sure was not doing that on purpose. There was one time, I think really the only time actually of uh, of the season where I was like, oh, that was really awkward and uncomfortable. Was um was in the, the football date in, uh, in Cleveland. Um, I was walking, you know, back with Sheehan, I remember. And, uh, we just have like, we're just talking, having, it was off camera stuff. The game was over. And I just was like, so just kind of like focused just with, with her. And like, I knew that I had like nine other, eight other women. Right. But I just was just focused with her and like, we were just being affectionate and just like cute. And I ran and gave her a kiss, like 
going in the locker room, but all the women were there. And then right after I did that, I'm like, why did I just do that? Like that was, that was weird. That was uncomfortable. But, um, I don't know. I guess just to kind of explain it for me, I was someone that tried my absolute best to, like I just said, get lost with each woman individually when I was with them. And whether that was too much or disrespectful at times, I can see the criticism. I can understand that, but that was me. And and that's what I was going to do for it to hopefully work for me. I couldn't, I don't know how I was going to be able to just like sometimes act like they were my one, my only girl. And then sometimes, no, no, I'm dating a bunch of women. Like I had to fully commit to each relationship when I was with that person. And that's what I tried to do from night one through the end. Fair. And okay. it that makes got sense. weird sometimes. That makes I sense. think that yeah. was pretty obvious and evident, yep. which in a okay. way sounds like a great plan. You know? But yeah. then you get called the kissing band and it's just weird <laughs> and it's just, it's crazy. I, I don't know if I told you guys like the, I really, because I really am the guy that like I usually am like kind of shy with kissing and like I don't go for it right away. I really, I thought there was a chance I wasn't going to kiss anyone the first night, to be completely honest. And then Savannah came and I loved it. I love like just her going all out for it, did the blindfold thing, planted the kiss, and that kind of like broke the seal for me. And I was just like, well, okay, there we go. But then yeah. didn't you eliminate her night one? <laughs> Savannah, no. no. Oh, no. Okay, that's right. That's right. No, no, no. She was yeah. the girl that would last a long time, but we never really got to know her. Yeah, and I guess, yeah, no, she was a really sweet girl. Um, I liked <laughs> Savannah a lot, but yeah, I really was planning on kind of like doing nothing and then so much for that. Hey, well, thanks, Peter. I just had to get that out there because it was like my one uh, biggest confusion was like, what in the world is he doing? That feels dangerous. I hear I- you. Definitely did not advise him to do that, um, <laughs> but uh, that makes sense. Uh, I can get I can get behind you just trying to be in, in in you know intentional with each relationship and try to make it as normal as possible. So okay, Ashley, I'm sorry that it's definitely okay. took us on a tangent. I had to get it out. Back to you. Okay, so now let's put Peter today back to after that top three rose ceremony when Maddie comes up to you and says. Um, I really don't want you sleeping with anyone else. Like, I'm not sure if this is going to be okay with my moral code if you do. And I'm going to have to reevaluate everything if you do. In that moment, did you think, oh, is this girl a virgin? Or did you just think that she was kind of giving you a request because she was that into you? Like, did the the, the thought of her virginity come into play at all? Um. Okay, so for that, I remember uh, I had thought there was a chance that, that Maddie was a virgin. Um, I remember it was in, where was I? It was, uh, we were driving from a location. I think it was in, uh, it was in Chile, in uh, Santiago. And I, I remember, yeah, I was, I was talking about her with my producers, and I asked them, like, do you guys think this? And they couldn't give me anything, um, you know, because mm-hmm. obviously they can't. Um, but I kept asking. That was the first time that it was on my mind. And then they never talked about it again, really, until it kind of came up that night. Um, but honestly, no, I didn't. I didn't know. I, maybe there was a chance, but I, I truly didn't know until uh, until she told me uh, in Australia at that dinner. Um, so I I knew that she was obviously very very strong in her faith, and that would have made sense. But I did not know for sure. I know I asked you this with Access Hollywood, but honestly, Peter, you're like a whole different Peter now than you were like six or seven weeks ago. Would it have made a difference? <laughs> Would it have made a difference if Maddie had at that moment said, I want you to not sleep with anyone because I am a virgin? And yeah, would that have changed your mind about sleeping with anyone else? Can you say that even for sure? 
Yeah, it, it would have. Okay, uh, okay. I, I can see that for sure. Um, I think definitely would have had a little bit more gravity with everything. Um, it, yeah, it would have. Okay, it would have had more gravity. So there's a chance that you may not have slept with the other woman in that case. Yeah, but but again, that it, there would yeah there, there for sure would have been a, a, a stronger chance there. But again, it kind of all goes back to like my biggest struggle was like I explained with the kissing stuff. Like I when I was with each individual woman, I tried my best to just be so intentional with them and lost with them. And um, you know, I I would have definitely struggled with that. Like if I'm holding back, you know, in any aspect of the relationship am i doing it a disservice but yeah to answer your question that it would have made it a little different and, and so like let's right. not forget you know it you know however it played out agree or disagree with the decisions of what you did um you are dating multiple people at one time like that is not normal that is not easy to do there is no right way to do something that is is very unnatural to you and not something i, I don't think I, I guess i don't know you before the show but it's not uh something you had practiced necessarily before right. this it, experience it's um, extremely unnatural so you're trying you're going into this week knowing that one of these people that you're you're falling for is saying this to you also knowing that you're still trying to figure out if she is the one knowing that some of the other people that you're with don't have those feelings that don't have those um uh, don't feel as strongly about physical intimacy and, and maybe when it or, or where it should be had or in, in what capacity. And so right. as, as yes, we can be critical, right. And, and Madison right. was a fan favorite, but I, you know, actually I just wanted to add in that like at some point it does become more confusing than what the general public can, can necessarily understand. And, and exactly. And one more thing I'll add, even I think on, even more important than having known that night that she brought that up to me, if she was a virgin or not, I think the biggest thing for me would have been just knowing exactly where she was with me because I should never express to me how she truly felt um, compared to the other two women. And so that was, I think the biggest thing for me that just was, was really confusing and how I go about this. Okay. So if she had told you she was a virgin and if she would have said at that moment, I love you, everything could have been different. Yeah, and not even necessarily I love you, just like knowing where she was, even just falling, like where she truly felt like she was with me. Got it. Um, so then from there on, you made it seem like you were you, you, the storyline that we saw on TV made it seem as if you were just so torn. You had no idea where you were going to end up. But then it was interesting because the way we saw it play out on TV, as soon as Maddie had decided to leave, it seemed like she was your choice the entire time and you weren't torn at all. Was what was going through your head and heart different than what we saw on TV? Um, wait, so you're saying that when, when Maddie left and then towards the end, like through the proposal, you're saying that it seemed like what? Like I, it seemed, it seemed like, like you had chosen Maddie in your head a long time ago. Um, Listen, I, you're, you're so right when, I, when you say, like, I, it looked like I was insanely confused. I say that all the time. That was the most confusing week of my life. It was so stressful. I had no idea really how to go about that. Um, I really was, you know, I truly, truly felt like I was in love with, with two women. And at that point, um, I know you can kind of attest to that, Ben, and, like, if that's possible. And, and I really do feel like it is. And, and people that say it's not, well, then I come back to you guys with, 
if do you think you can f- and fall in love with more than one person just in, in your in the matter of your lifetime mm-hmm. at different times? And if you can, why can't it happen at the same time? I get that's weird, but in this kind of situation is what allows for that to be possible. Um, that's just my opinion. Yeah, it was tough. And um, obviously, yeah, I had a lot of love for Maddie, but I also had a lot of love for Hannah Ann. And um, I don't know, I think, I think what you guys were seeing more than anything was just, I was heartbroken. And, but I, I truly feel like I also would have been heartbroken if Hannah Ann would have just done the same thing and just mm-hmm. left. And having to deal with those feelings of heartbreak, for me, almost like it just kind of consumed me a little bit. And since I didn't have any time to process it, like a normal relationship when it ends, and two days, three days later, I had to try to go in to get myself in the right headspace to possibly propose to someone. Um, I think if it would have happened with either woman, I would have, I would have really struggled with it. And it would probably would have seemed like I was missing the other one a lot. Gotcha. But I was. Did you ever think to ask for extra time to process? Um, no, I remember, I remember kind of like my last, my last opportunity. I might've, might've had that. We were getting ready to film the, uh, the Neil Lane, um, you know, where he came the first time I met Neil and he was going to show me the rings. And, um, I just remember being just, I was in rough, rough headspace and I took some time to myself. They, they came into my, like my room. And so I was in like bedroom area. They were filming it in the living room area. And I like went in and just said, I needed to like, just go change or something. And I did. And I just closed the door and just sat on my bed. And I was just like stressing, 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 because I knew how I felt about Hannah Ann, but I knew how I was struggling as well. And I was like, what do I do here? What do I do? What do I do? And I guess, you know, I felt a little bit of pressure with the time crunch. Um, maybe I could ask for more time. I didn't. And then um, I just decided that I was going to go, I was going to go forward with it. The so, the thing here is Peter is like, again, and, and I'm just going to keep filling this gap here um, because I always think it's important for people to realize that, uh, like, I, I just think it's healthy maybe for people to realize this is real life. And as you sit there and you try to confront some of these decisions that were drastically and dramatically going to change your life uh, for the better, uh, hopefully, uh, and at some level, no matter what, for the better, uh, there there isn't always the clear-cut um, uh, path, especially when you're in it. And you're sitting right. there. I just want to sit on this for a second and allow you to explain yourself. Um, if you're sitting, if you go back to that moment, and maybe just take it from like all of these moments where you're on the show and all the confusion and chaos that's being caused. And you're getting, I mean, there's so many moments during this season, Peter, that I was just like, he's confused. Like, and not in a, hey, you're like, you just, I mean, yeah, I, I, you just got confused because of the chaos around you. I mean, that was how the, like, what is it like to be in chaos in the midst of something brand new experience that you've never been a part of before? Also knowing where you're hoping this ends, like for you personally, like yeah, it, what's it like? It's terrifying. It it really is. I, um, <laughs> yeah, I was extremely confused at that point. And then there's just the added, you know, you have so much kind of just pressure. Whether you want to admit that or not, there is pressure. You're in an awkward environment, and I have, you know, I've fully invested, you know, in multiple women up to this point. And I'm just trying my absolute best to navigate my feelings and just get like a clear head and clear heart of exactly what I want to do. And if I'm just being so honest, I, I don't know if I ever, if I ever got to that point where I had a hundred percent clear head and clear heart. 
in a decision and that sucks but that's the truth and um i try my damn best to like get there and and it just it was it was was something i struggled with because you were so confused and because you were so emotional did you ever think "Hmm, i'm gonna try to pull a juan pablo here and ask this girl to just to date me until i get more clarity i did think about that and I don't know. I just, again, I knew that I, that I did love Hannah Ann. And again, it just goes back to me. I kept just thinking, listen, I know I'm feeling a heartbreak right now and this part sucks, but I've gone through every heartbreak I've ever felt. And eventually I'll get through this. You know, I don't want to possibly, um, take away from the two of us a really special moment that could turn into something amazing because I'm hurting right now. And I just, I guess in my head, maybe it's the romantic in me. Like I, I felt like maybe Hannah Ann, maybe she would have appreciated that more. Um, but I felt like it would have just been like discouraging to her if, uh, if I just asked her that, um, yeah, you know, there's a lot of things I could have done differently, but, um, it did, it did cross my mind a couple of times and, um, yeah. When you were laying on that bed and just, you know, having that breakdown of sorts how much did your family's opinion on hannah ann sway you to make the decision to propose yeah i knew that uh you know my family loved hannah ann um and i totally understood why um it really it it wasn't my it wasn't like that wasn't i wasn't thinking about my family though at that point i really wasn't um i the only time I kind of like was maybe a little stressed about my family's opinion with that was we were fl- when we were flying out to Uluru um, for that date with Madison. And I remember talking to one of the producers and I was like, ah, oh, this is a tough situation to be in. Like, I don't know what to do right now. Um, but after that moment, like, no, when I was on that bed, I, was, I wasn't thinking about my family's opinion or anything. I was just thinking about what I needed. Peter, as we sit here in this moment... Um... I want to I want to let you know there's there's a lot more in your story that we need to get to um, to close uh, to close some of these uh, gaps in the experience that you had. So um, I know this experience for anybody is not easy. I know it's confusing. I know there's a lot of tough decisions that have to be made. Um, you are now uh, looking back at it and able to process it in a different way. We're going to get to how you got to the place that you're sitting at today and. And I really want to spend some time with you just getting to know you today and, and what you've learned. Mm-hmm. Um, before we do, I know Ashley uh, kind of wants to fill in some of the, the gaps, as I mentioned, um, in between. Uh, let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to come back with Peter Weber uh, on this in-depth episode of the Almost Famous Podcast. What keeps baby skin healthy? A diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. That's why Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy. We have been a Pampers family since the start with Dawson. It takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works. And for us, Pampers really works. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. All that, so important. Try Swaddlers with the new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. 
For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible... Uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. 
a lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Peter, so now let's go back to when you felt like things were falling apart with Hannah Ann. Was it because you felt like you guys were incompatible or was it because you kept thinking about someone else? It was it was a little bit of both. It was, um, you know, I remember uh, I think we had like three happy couples, uh, Hannah Ann and I, after uh, after the sh- you know, the show. And um, obviously, like that's the first time where you really you get out of the show environment and you really just you get to see your compatibility and you get to see maybe how much you guys challenge each other in a relationship and um, and and where that actually lies. And, uh, you know, you don't have any of the distractions uh, the show can possibly hide or just, you know, you know, dampen a little bit. Um, and I think that, yeah, I just in my mind. Um, I, I think like the biggest thing, I just, I feel like in regards to compatibility, I don't think that we challenge each other enough. And that was something that, um, is important to me, you know, in a relationship and, um, and yeah, and there was definitely, definitely stuff with, you know, I haven't been afraid to say like with my feelings, yeah, still that were unresolved with Madison, um, you know, that I had to deal with and it's tough not being able to, you know, lean on, you know, your, you know, your, your partner, when you really want to, um, and, you know, talk things through and kind of vent because that's just like, that's inappropriate. That's weird and awkward and not something that, you know, they want to hear. And I totally get that. So it was a tough time for me, but, um, it was just, it was definitely a little bit of both. And, uh, yeah, that's what it was. When Chris Harrison went to Alabama to talk to Maddie, were you informed that he was going to do this? Was this something you kind of wanted him to do? No, no, I had, I had no idea. Um, yeah, the only time I ever heard about that was, uh, one of the producers said, Hey, like, I guess there was pictures that were like taken of, of, of Madison, um, in, in her hometown. Um, but that was, I didn't know what exactly was going on. How do you feel about that move? Um, I mean, you know, I think, I think Chris, obviously, he saw, you know, that I was struggling. He knew why I was struggling. And, you know, I think he was just trying to, you know, try to help out in any way possible. Who knew how that was going to turn out? But um, I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, mad about the, about him doing that. So why didn't it work out with Maddie? So with, uh, you know, that happens, you know, she surprises me and, um, and then we, you know, we start contacting or, you know, communicating with each other and we didn't see each other, you know, face to face until on stage again. That was the next time. Which Why was that? I think a lot of people were wondering why didn't you guys see each other again? Yeah, I, I think you asked both of us and it's, it's kind of, it's, it's a tough question to answer. Like, I don't know. We, I think we should have, because I know we did talk. We wanted like going on stage just to be really authentic and real and just like not, um, 
that's why we did that. That was, that was legit the reason. Like I, we had thought about doing it and I know, I remember a couple days, you know, before when she had actually flown out to LA again, before AFR, I remember like, no, I need, I, I think, I think I need to, we need to see each other. And at that point it was too late and, um, that wasn't possible. We were able to FaceTime though and communicate and, uh, it was, uh, you know, we talked, we had some really good conversations. We talked everything through if this is actually something that was possible, if we could do it. Um, why it didn't work at AFR, obviously everything that happened there. And then moving on from there, we had about two days that we spent with each other. And, um, you know, she came over that night, you know, for a little bit and we just talked. We didn't really talk too much about our relationship. We just wanted to be there for each other and to support each other and enjoy each other's company. But then um, the next day, her mom had flown out, spent the day with her. And then, so I didn't really see her that day, but the second day is when I went over to her, uh, her hotel and we spent pretty much the whole day together, just talked and um, literally talked everything through. Um, and we, we told each other, listen, put all of our feelings, emotions aside. This is all pure, just logical, just no feelings in this. Is this something that can work? And we both came to just the agreement that, that it really wasn't. Um, I know a lot of people just get caught up in the whole, like, the sex thing and that's, you know, saving himself for marriage. That was honestly something that was really small. Like that wasn't something that I don't think I could have done. There was stuff on top of that, that kind of came with her, her beliefs. And I totally respect her for, you know, I wasn't going to be able to ever, um, something I love to do in my life is travel and go explore and especially do it with my significant other. And I wasn't going to be able to do that with her. Um, cause she, you know, is also saving herself for marriage, for marriage, just spending the night with, with, uh, you know, with a guy and, you know, even just back at home, we had our, you know, I had my apartment, she had hers, you know, she was never gonna be able to just spend the night with me. And that's something that I really use to just, even if there's no physical, anything going on, just that closeness and waking up with your person the next morning is stuff that's important for me in a relationship. And so there's a lot of things that people didn't know that we just weren't compatible with. The Peter, I mean, I think that's where, um, one of the things that I want to get your opinion on is, you know, we watched the season before, uh, with Luke Parker and he had, uh, he had some similar, like kind of put my foot in the ground, uh, feelings on faith and their convictions and their morals and kind of the choices they were making. And then we get to Maddie and people were comparing the two, but it felt like your response to Maddie bringing up these concerns was different than Hannah B's. It felt like you were, were not angry uh, as much or, you know, you weren't put off. What, what do you think the biggest difference was between the, the way that Maddie and Luke, approached it if there was one and you know everybody talked about the double standard here do you believe there right. was one or do you believe it's it's different no i think it's different and i i think it's yeah they were totally approached differently i think everyone thinks that you know madison gave me an ultimatum and to this day i don't feel like she ever gave me an ultimatum she literally just expressed to me what was on her heart something i asked every woman to do the first night in the mansion and uh you know she didn't say you have to do this she said this is going to be difficult for me and i want you to know that um, I thought she approached it in the best way possible. The only critique I could have had for her was possibly doing it sooner mm-hmm. in the process and maybe being a little bit more open with, you know, the extent of the virginity and the extent of, you know, where, how she was feeling with me. But that is, in my opinion, completely different than anything with Luke and Hannah. Um, 100%. And, uh, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't compare the two at all. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing that, you know, as viewers, um, as viewers, I think we watch it and we're like, yeah, it was, it felt like an ultimatum. But what you're saying is no, exactly what you'd want to do in any relationship is you date, you get to know somebody, you ask them to be as open about what things are important to them as possible at some point. And, and I think this is a good caveat, my opinion, which matters a little bit because we host yeah. this podcast 
is um, that ultimately you're, you're two people who pursued a relationship, who are attracted to each other and intrigued by each other. And one of the most important things in her life was something that you maybe didn't feel similarly on. And it just didn't work. But like, right. it's hard to say goodbye to somebody great in your life, even if you disagree on some massive things. Uh, but when you care and love somebody, some of those little disagreements get pushed away because you just enjoy them as a person. But when it comes down to spending your life with them, they become massively important. Like they, they are deal breakers and deal breakers are not bad. Deal breakers are great, especially when it breaks a deal that was not going to be healthy for one or two of the parties involved. Right. Uh, so for you, as you sit there where you're at now, and I just explained your breakup, which was like incredibly like out of me. I'm sorry about that. But, um, <laughs> but as you well, sit good. there now and you look Maddie in the eyes as she's telling you things and you, and you look Maddie in the eyes the day after AFR when you're trying to process this and you're just going, I'm going to have to say goodbye to you. Like, what was that like then? Because again, I say it, said all this to get to the point and the understanding that like you were saying goodbye to still somebody you cared about, even though it wasn't going to work. Right. No, it was, it was, it was super tough. I remember that, that exact day. And, uh, we probably spent six hours just laying on her bed, just talking everything through. And it was like, I keep saying it was, it was like that point in a relationship where if people have been through it, they can relate, you know, you go and there's ups and downs and there's a lot of struggles. Right. And you, you may break up once or twice, but there's that point where you actually know it's for sure ending. And like, there's no coming back from this. And I think the two of us, we, we, we had that kind of like sense that we knew that was kind of how the day was going to end with, uh, with the two of us. And it was super sad. We literally, we cried and we laughed and we listened to music. We made videos and then cried some more and then talked everything through. And just, there is no like love lost there at all. But I think, you know, it was for the first time and to be completely honest, really just proving like my mom where, where her delivery could have been a lot different. She was just right in the end. And like, we just weren't compatible for each other. Um, and the show, the nature of the show allowed for us not to really see those, you know, those issues so much, um, but kind of getting into real life um, and then really reflecting, you see like, listen, it sucks. Like you have, you can feel so strongly for someone and, um, but you need those, you need to be compatible on some certain, a huge life, life issues. And if you're not, it's really just not going to work out in the end. And that's really all that it was. And um, I think we both just came to that realization together at like the same time. And that's when it, you know, we made the decision to not pursue anything. So Peter, I completely agree that you and Maddie are incompatible. That's the reason that it ended. But I have to ask because the audience is, is wondering, you brought Maddie home that day after, after the final rose, she's, she was with possibly your mom after your mom just whew, was so, so rough on her. I just want to know how uncomfortable that was for her. No, so I, I didn't, we didn't go like back to my house. So okay. we, we were for the show. We were put up in hotels a couple of days prior and then a couple of days after AFR. Um, so we just, like that night, I just had her, she came over to my hotel for a little bit. And then two days later, I went over to her hotel. Um, and then that's, you know, that's the last time I saw her. Um, but yeah, I mean, and I'll, I'll just add like, yeah, that was obviously AFR was tough for everyone involved, but um, you know, it, it could have gone differently, obviously both sides. And I, again, I will defend my mom, not necessarily in like the delivery and she'll be the first to admit it, but her just being able to on live TV with the pressure that that comes with, um, 
even against other opinions, be able to truly speak her mind of her opinion for the love of her son is in my opinion, a really beautiful thing. And, you know, I obviously, I felt uncomfortable being in the middle of that because I care about Maddie like no other. And I obviously love my family like no other. Um, but you know, obviously you wish things could have happened a little bit differently, but it is what it is. And, um, yeah. I think a lot of us were at home watching and thinking something must have happened more. Like we're not getting the full story here. Was there anything? No, I mean, as far as like your mom's dislike towards Maddie. It, and it, again, it wasn't even like my mom's like dislike towards Maddie. It, she doesn't dislike Maddie at all. It's just that she knows. And she was very passionate in the moment that we just weren't compatible and it wasn't going to work. And, um, listen, there's things, you know, I know like with the, with the, you know, they going back to like waiting for a couple hours out in Australia. Um, listen, it was because of my actions that caused that, but yeah, we, we made my parents wait that long. And, um, they're just things that obviously led to frustration, but at the end of the day, you know, you know, she was right. My mom was right. And again, the delivery could have been different, no doubt, but, um, you know, she was right. So, while this is happening and, and your mom is having tension with Maddie, there's another lady sitting there that wasn't there for Women Tell All, which raised some red flags, and her name was Kelly. <laughs> is, there, Kelly is, there anything, is there anything you want to share about your feelings towards Kelly at the moment? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm open book with that. Um, you know, Kelly's someone that I just we've always just gotten along really well and starting from before we met, you know, before the show, um, unfortunately the show for her wasn't like the best kind of opportunity to possibly find a, you know, find love. She, she'll be the first one to admit it. She was very uncomfortable throughout it all. And just, it wasn't her cup of tea. Um, but Kelly and I outside of that just connected and it's been just really kind of weird how life has just kind of happened with us. Met her before the show, ran into her completely random in Miami after the show, um, very, very briefly just said hi, uh, but pretty much. And then after that, I ran into her a third time out in LA uh, through mutual friends. And so just been a, a really good relationship, someone that um, I've just really gotten along with really well. And uh, you know, I think the world of Kelly, uh, no doubt about that. So that's All right. the, uh, the tea. <laughs> uh, well, Peter, let's... Uh... Let's take a break. When we come back, uh, we're going to continue talking to Peter Weber about his time on the show, his life now, and what his romantic interests look like uh, today. What keeps baby skin healthy? A diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. That's why Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy. We have been a Pampers family since the start with Dawson. It takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works, and for us, Pampers really works. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic, and they're free of parabens and latex. All that, so important. Try Swaddlers with the new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin, for trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. 
Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink 
That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Before the break, we talked to Peter about uh, uh, Kelly Flanagan, who was a part of his season. We also talked about Maddie, who was a part of his season. There's one person that we haven't spoken about, which ultimately, Peter, uh, you were engaged to at the very end, and that's Hannah Ann. Uh, Hannah Ann had, had caught the the attention of the fans and yourself during the season. She obviously, uh, her story ended, I would say, in, in I don't know. Again, I'm explaining all this as a fan, but like abruptly in a sense, like we, you were engaged to her. All of a sudden we see her on the live show, then she's gone. And the story becomes about Madison and yourself. And now obviously about Kelly and you, uh, Peter, if we could though, let's sit on Hannah Ann for a second. Really three things I want to ask you. One is, is why Hannah Ann at the end? Uh, the second thing to just kind of clear up is was Hannah Ann like your second choice? And because Maddie left, she was just the best option standing in front of you. And if not, why? And then third is, is how did your breakup kind of feel to you? Like what, what was that whole process like? Yeah, I, so for Hannah Ann, I, I am a huge Hannah Ann fan and I will always be that way. No matter, you know, how she feels about me. Um, she's someone that just, had one of the most like just beautiful souls and just hearts that I truly have ever seen. And that sounds so cliche, but it's just, it was so true. And someone that I think for the first time kind of showed me the kind of love that I really always was looking for from someone, some a love that I think was on par with a love. I feel like I've always shown women in the past that I've dated that might may have not been reciprocated. I remember always saying that was one of the biggest things I needed was someone having that heart willing to give that amount of love to me. And she was, and I saw it, you know, it almost, with Hannah Ann, she, <laughs> she's like very, like, it almost seems like fake to a way, but she, cause she just seems almost like so close to perfect, but she is like, that's just who she is. That's Hannah Ann. And she's, it, nothing about her is fake. Um, she, you know, I always would say that she just has like this beautiful, like innocence that combines effortlessly with like all this confidence at the same time. And it's like, it's a very unique quality that I just have never really seen in someone. And, you know, listen, I, 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 I fell in love with Hannah Ann. I did. And, um, you know, it, it breaks my heart of how everything happened. Um, she wasn't, listen, I know people, you can try to surmise, oh, well, she was just a second option. She wasn't like I, I kind of said earlier in the podcast, I think really if it would have been the other way around, I would have struggled just as much with Hannah Ann leaving abruptly like that and just like having that heartbreak and having to deal with it. Um, you know, did I maybe possibly try to convince myself a little prematurely to that I was ready to get engaged? Yeah, sure. I can, I can say that. Um, but it really wasn't just nothing about that was Hannah Ann just being, oh, well, she's my second. No, it wasn't like I. I was all about Hannah Ann. I truly was. I saw exactly what my family saw. And, um, you know, I mean every single word of that. Um, with the breakup, I I struggled with that like no other. And that was just like, that was just so depressing for me, knowing that, 
you know, that was coming. And um, it was really tough for me because I wasn't able to, just because the nature of the show and it's tough sometimes trying to balance it, but I wasn't able to really give her like the heads up that I necessarily wanted to. Um, Cause obviously that, ha- that has to get filmed and like that part sucks. Um, but like, I wish I could have. And, you know, I knew she probably thought it was coming. She could probably feel it, but having to do that and just knowing that I was, you know, probably breaking her heart and just completely just out of nowhere, just surprising her with that. Like it just tore me apart. It tore why? me apart. Like, why did you get to that? Like, how did you get there? That's one thing we didn't see is like what we assumed as viewers that it was because you had feelings for Madison. Well, that's one of the things here. And I, and I think there's been a little bit of an injustice just because of not editing, not production. I, I, I don't want to use those excuses just because your story is so complex that it's impossible to tell it and to show it in, in like in the amount of time that they had. But like right. what's confusing for me as a, as a friend, as a fan of whatever is like watching this going, wait, he broke up with Hannah Ann because he's into Madison, but yet him and Madison weren't together two days after the finale that's weird to me. So like what, what was going on? Like what, why did you really, why, why did that breakup really happen? Yeah. Because I have to say Maddie's name was never brought up during that conversation. Right. Well, again, it, she, that, she was just a part of it. She wasn't all of it. And I wouldn't even say most of it. Like I, I just remember, I remember there was like a lot of moments that just kind of like broke my heart while we were just together in happy couple and like the happy couple weekends. And she was just like, Hannah Ann was just so, just so amazing in that relationship and was giving me everything. And I could feel it 100% from her. And I, I mean, obviously a little bit was a Maddie, but like, I just, I wasn't able to like, I, I saw myself not being able to match that 100% with her and give her exactly what she was giving me. And that's what I hated. And I was not okay with that. And like I kept thinking, well, you know, the next time I see her, it's gonna, I'm gonna be able to get there with her, and the next time, and the next time, and it just, it didn't, and it just came down to, I, I mean, I told her this, like, I didn't feel like it was fair to keep her in a relationship, and she could feel it, she could feel me not being able to give that, and we would have conversations, you know, on the phone when we weren't together about it, of why that was, and. I just hated putting her through that. And she was, she was struggling with it a lot. You know, she would tell me how stressed she was and it just, and she couldn't, you know, cause she didn't tell literally, we didn't tell any of our friends that it was the two of us. Like literally only our family, our immediate families knew we had a group text with all of them, but nobody else outside of that knew. And, um, she couldn't vent and go just talk to her friends about it. And that just like, that was killing me. All these things kind of combined. I just like, I can't do this to this girl. Like I, I, I know that like I fell in love with her, but I, I'm not, I can't match what she's giving me. And I just didn't feel good about that. And, you know, that was really the biggest reason of why I, I broke it off. I ended it, you know, it's like the, it's the, it's almost cliche, but it's like the traditional, Hey, it's not you. It's me kind of thing. And like, it's a true, it's like, there's no other way to explain it. It's just like, it's me. I'm sorry. I can't, I can't get there. Yeah. That's really like, that's, that's what it was. Mm -hmm. So now we lead into, uh, obviously we watched it, we experienced it. Um, you and Hannah Ann, uh, had ended things. We go on after the final rose. Uh, we've discussed that in pretty good detail. I think to this point we get what happened there. Like, uh, and, and I think Ben, do you mind if I just like no, on, on that real quick, like part, I, cause I've struggled. I'm like, why, why is that? Why, what, why was I able to go and get engaged and then and not, and then have these feelings and like, nothing against the show i love the show and i've always been the biggest you know <laughs> just advocate for the show and that it works but to be just fair 
me just processing all this and looking back, like at the end of the day, I, I spent maybe 40 hours, you know, with her. I did like consecutive hours. And for me, you know, obviously it's an engagement and it's, it's, that's a real thing. And that was, but in a way it almost, to me, I guess, you know, it was like, it's almost like a promise ring to continue it. You've known her for 40 hours. You know, I don't know everything about her. And, um, I don't know if like, I'm not trying to say that's like as an excuse, but like I'm, that's how I kind of process and like realize why I did what I did. Um, and why I wasn't where I thought I should be. I'm like, listen, I, I didn't, I haven't even known her for that long. Yeah. I mean, it can work. Like that's the thing is it we've can. always said it can work, but there is still a lot to be, I mean, I, I mean, I think Harrison would agree. Like once the show's done, there is still a lot to get to know. And it works sometimes, like in a beautiful way, like all the pieces still align and you go, yeah, this is amazing. Like it's, it's been proven, but there, there's moments where all of a sudden you go, I'm not, you know, for multiple reasons, like I'm not into this as much as I thought I was. And because of that, it's not fair to continue. I, I get that. Um, you know, I've been through similar things. It, it, it doesn't make it any easier and it doesn't make it any easier to understand from a public point of view. But I get how no, you get I know. there. Um, and what's tough too is like you guys, you you then I remember you like I asked you for so much advice about because I was you know how I was possibly having struggles and and whatnot and you know the biggest struggle is you know you guys don't have that super solid foundation formed yet you just don't you can't there's not enough time and now you got to go get thrust into a couple months of isolation you're not even getting to see each other you know except for a couple times here and there you have all these comments all these rumors coming out about you guys all these kind of attacks on the relationship. It, it's tough, you know, and I remember you just being like just constant like reassurance to her like, you know You didn't know who it was but like give it to her give it to her and like um, it's, it's just a really tough situation to be in. I, I didn't expect it to be that tough I, I just the kinda... first time in years. I didn't know what how this ended I mean usually the yeah. bachelor will call and say hey Ben like something I can talk about like, uh, you know Can I trust you and I think the show I don't know if they did but they, the show usually goes Yeah, you can call Ben like talk to him about it. He, he'll he's good for this and then for you, I had no clue. It was just like, hey, I'm, I'm like, I didn't even know how this ended. Ashley and I were like, I we yeah. have no clue. We didn't. Um, but it was just like reassure her that you're trying, I guess, is like the best you can do. Um, Ashley, mm-hmm. sorry, I cut you off there. No, 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 I was just listening to your story, Peter, makes me feel like you got put in a really sticky situation once Madison was brought back into the picture when you didn't decide to bring her back into the picture at that point, because it sounds like you and Hannah Ann were just incompatible. And it was it, was it unfair to bring Madison into that so quickly? Um, I, I guess from how the TV played it, it, it wasn't necessarily that quickly. Um, you know, we had broken up in, in, in January. Um, and then I didn't, I didn't see Madison until, I think it would have been maybe late, late February, early, early March, right before the finale. Um, it wasn't like right away, but yeah, it was, I confused. Yeah. And did that confuse me even more? Yeah, it did. Um, you know, I don't know if I would say unfair, but just confusing. The, uh, you know, I, I want everybody out there listening because I do think Peter, there's uh, I think your story is so complex. Like, I think what we watch in your season at first was like, oh, this, we're not getting to know these women at all. Peter's just like super confused. There's chaos all the time. 
but really when you dig below the surface, it's because there is a lot of complexity to it. You know, we don't take into account a lot of times, like what you were doing to try to protect these girls or what you weren't saying to try to protect these girls or what you, you weren't saying to try to protect relationships or then fast forward, as we just talked about, like move into breakups and engagements. And like, there is so much left unsaid and left unseen that just confuse us. Um, right. And so I, I want to take the remainder of this podcast to dive into the things that have been most confusing for us as viewers, as fans, as friends, as fa- you know, family. Yeah. Um, but let's take a break, take a breather, get a glass of water. We'll come back with Peter uh, on the Almost Famous In-Death podcast. What keeps baby skin healthy? A diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. That's why Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy. We have been a Pampers family since the start with Dawson. It takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works, and for us, Pampers really works. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic, and they're free of parabens and latex. All that, so important. Try Swaddlers with the new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin, For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure... It kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, Sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back uh, with Peter Weber. Peter, uh, uh, just to summarize what we've been so far, uh, we just got done talking about Hannah Ann and your engagement and your breakup and kind of some of the reasons why. I'm sure that doesn't uh, explain it all, but that, you know, we get a good taste of why it ended the way it did. You know, now we flash forward in the time in between um, because we're going to do this podcast kind of in a timeline. We see the finale, and one of the things that broke my heart. And I don't know if you've listened to the podcast before, uh, Peter, but, you know, my mom, my dad and I are very close. Uh, I love them dearly. During the show, one of my biggest fears was how they would come off because I know they didn't sign up for this. Um, It's one of the reasons why when we did uh, the live shows with them, I said, hey, just be very like when you start to think you want to say something like check yourself seven times before you start to speak. Because right. they get very passionate. They're parents of a kid who, let's be clear here, uh, outside of a few exemptions, like they're parents of kids who are getting engaged on a show to people they've never met, especially when they care about their son or daughter. Uh, and this is something, I mean, for me, and, and my family comes from a background of faith, like my mom has told me many times she's prayed for my wife since the day I was born. Can you imagine that coming from us, like me coming to her one day in a two hour period and going, Hey mom, this is my wife. Like, <laughs> like, it's sad. I get why parents freak out. And like, Peter, I feel, right. like you feel alone here. Like my parents had a really hard time with this. Okay. Um, but that still doesn't negate. And I want you as a son. Yeah. Because I can only imagine, man, like if I was you, like Ashley can attest to this. Yes, just like, you know, fans of the show were like, what was Barb doing? I'm sure you felt the same way. 
Like, mom, I would feel the same way. Mom, what are you doing? Please stop talking. Like, we'll figure this out later. Just like not on national television. <laughs> I can't do this now. Yeah. But skip over that because that happened. Yeah. As yeah. a son trying to protect his mother and seeing the record, like the repercussion from her comments and her behavior on a show and knowing where it came from, what did that feel like to you? It, it really, it was tough for a while, especially in the beginning. Um, those were some like tough days just to like see the, yeah, the attention that my mom was getting in that way. Um, and then just having, but just having time to kind of like really reflect on it and just talk with my mom and everything. Um, listen again, I know that my mom, everyone that knows Barb knows that she's extremely passionate and, um, emotional. And that's kind of where I get that from. But there's one thing that I wish I got a little bit more from my mom. And that was just, again, like her, like her voice. And again, we don't have to discuss like the delivery of it. Cause that obviously it just, it was, it could have been different, but her voice and like not being afraid or wanting to like just follow the, you know, the direction of how a conversation should be going or that, that part of the show you know, like she, she effectively was standing up for me and what she truly thought was in my best interest. And, um, that's something that's not easy to do against, against so much opposition. It's just not. And something I just wish that I had a little bit more of in me, um, you know, and just like having my voice be heard and putting my foot down in situations and just be like, no, like this is what I feel. And, um, but Peter, like, and maybe in, and tell me if I'm crazy here. Uh, but as much as I know my mom, like my mom had trouble. I'll be as, as clear as that. Like she had troubles, trouble, uh, with my experience on this. She loves, you know, there was this time where when Jessica, my fiance now, and I first met my mom wrote me, uh, or, uh, actually called me, she wrote me a letter, uh, on a previous relationship, but called me this time. And she just said, I just want you to know how happy I am for you. Like, and like those words meant a lot to me. I knew that they weren't coming lightly. I knew there was a heaviness to them, but a heaviness that I loved and appreciated because I knew she had, that I had her support uh, yeah. with my, my now uh, fiance. But I say this in the context of, I remember during the, see, the time on these final shows, being uh, having a fear of embarrassment like a middle school me came back out of me and was like, mom, please don't say, dad, mom and dad, please don't say anything too crazy here. Uh, out of protection of me, because I know it's coming from a good place, because of the embarrassment that will ensue for me afterwards, and I don't want to be embarrassed for you because I love you. And do, so, like you say that, like I know we all know that Barb was coming from a place of protection and love for you. Like that's never been questioned, right? But the the part that hurt was like, some level, and and, and you yell at me if you don't agree. Like at some level, it's embarrassing. Like it would have embarrassed me too. I was I had a fear of like, mom, please, dad, please don't say too much because I don't want to have to protect you, the public, because I love you so much. And I know you're coming from a good place, but they might not. Right. Yeah. I, I could totally see how that could like be embarrassing. I really could, but I, I think that, I don't know, I guess maybe just the way I've been raised and like, in like that, that's just every household, you know, they usually conversations like that occur behind closed doors, but conversations like that do occur. And there's no doubt about that. Ours just happened hap happen on live television. And I don't know. I, I, maybe I'm weird about it, but it's 
I was just in that moment, I was trying to stand up for what I was, you know, I believed in what I wanted, but I don't, I never looked at it as, as embarrassing or anything like that. It's just, I guess mm-hmm. we've just kind of, I, I don't know, I guess we've just become so open to kind of having been in this world for the last year. And obviously my parents were really involved with both seasons. Um, just letting people into our, uh, a conversation that occurs between family members and not every conversation's pretty and not every conversation people agree on and it's all butterflies. It's, that's real life. And I think at the end of the day, that's one of the beauties of the show is it just, it is real life. Yeah. Is there production that happens? Of course. Is there stuff that has to happen for drama or entertainment? Sure. But you know, one of the beauties is it's real life. And that was just another aspect of real life that, yeah, has never been shown before on TV, but that was just family talking and family doesn't always agree. There's nothing wrong with that. So, uh, so then I ask, so if that's, and, and that's great, man, I'm, I'm, I agree with you. That's a good perspective. It's like these conversations, you know, you, you know, Ashley's dogs bark in the background and she yells at her mom. You know, my parents walk through the background of, uh, the video and they distract me and I'm like, guys, get out of the room. Like that right. just happens. Like that's part of life. That's part of the relationship. So then it leads me to this is if, this was hard to watch on TV. Uh, it was real life things as we've talked about. Um, for anybody that are listening that goes, Hey, like, but, but okay. But these kind of conversations are also the conversations that can separate families, right? Right. Like when talking about significant others, when talking about love, when talking about future, like, yes, for you, this might've felt like, of course she's protecting me. But for somebody out there watching could have been like, Oh, if my family had that kind of conversation, this ruins us. So right. if somebody's listening going like that felt like a heavier conversation than my family's ever had and that felt harder to come back from than anything I've ever experienced with my parents, what was the healing process like? Uh, and as much detail, the better, because I do think there's probably somebody out there going, how in the world do you heal and come back together in love and support for your family after seeing that kind of conversation go down? Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I, I took, I went back to the hotel, was there for a couple of days, um, just obviously everyone just took some time to cool down we were you know just texting each other and just checking in making sure doing okay but you know just giving it some time and um you know after the conversation i had had with uh with maddie and we decided to just you know go our separate ways and you know i went home and um i yeah was it you know a little awkward at first of course but you know i it's just i know it probably sounds crazy But like my family just, we just have always been so close. And it's like one of those things where, you know, I remember walking in and my parents were, they were making, uh, they were making dinner in the, in the kitchen. And I just went up first and just like, I gave him a hug and I like, I hugged my mom for a long time, gave my dad a hug and, um, you know, just told him that I loved them. And, you know, we started talking about obviously what had gone down. Um, and (laughs) And that was it. Like that was, I, I, I know it sounds like that sounds insane, but like it wasn't my, my parents weren't like, they weren't attacking, you know, they weren't attacking me or, uh, they were always trying to have my back in that. And so we just discussed, I pretty much explained to them the conversations that I had had with Madison and kind of like how I see it. And you guys have, yeah, you've kind of been right. You have been right. And Um, it's never been like my parents, they never had, they never like hated Madison. It wasn't that it just, they knew that it wasn't going to work. And that's where they're, that's what was causing the direction of that, of that conversation. Um, 
yeah, I don't know. I think people were like, maybe hope, I don't know they want to see like drama or tension, but it's just not the way my family rolls. Like, I don't know. It's just, we're very close knit and close. And, um, I mean, if anybody's sitting out there, no matter what your parents did, no, like they could like, and they're going, I hope this like ends poorly for them. Like I want to see drama and tension and I want to hear a story of them like slamming doors in their face and not talking for two weeks. Like that's messed up. Uh, oh yeah. I ask you this question because I, I mean, I know there, there was healing. Uh, that's yeah, all course. we wanted. Yes. It made for a lot of conversation and it made for but, some but re- more, more of the healing then was coming from us. Just like, I wanted to be there for my parents. My parents wanted to be there for me. And we, I guess just, it just knew that it'd be better to be supportive of each other and be there for each other. Cause we were getting attacked just from the outside. So we didn't have to be attacking each other. Not that we would have done that, but it just, it, just for that healing process, which you're so right. It, we are still going through, um, just knew that, you know, come together, don't push each other apart right now. And that's kind of why we did that. I would, uh, I think there becomes an age and like a maturity level where, uh, if you have the, uh, ability, right. There's obviously pain within families that you and I haven't experienced and we can't speak to, but there becomes a, a maturity level where all of a sudden you do make that commitment. Like your parents make it to you and you make it to them to say like, no matter what, like I'm going to have your back here and I love you. And no matter what, no matter what. And like, we're going to work through some really tough stuff because we're all human and we all mess up and we all, it gets convoluted and, and crazy, especially when your son goes on national television to find love. I get that. I've been there, buddy. Um, my mom and dad and I are closer than ever. Um, and I'm glad to hear that there, there was healing or, or they're just like, yeah. there was like a process to work through. Um, Peter, we got to jump into you today and I know we've kept you longer than we told you but uh there is some there's just some massive headlines I mean I'm gonna read them here um just a few uh that's brought you to this point uh Todd I mean this is not coming from the Almost Famous podcast these are things that you're reading as well so much for true love Bachelor Peter Weber and Madison Pruitt split days after dramatic finale Peter Weber and Kelly Flanagan appear to confirm romance rumors as Bachelor starts to isolate together um you know, we've had, I, I'll skip over some of these here. It, it, the point of that was like, you've been on the news. You haven't stopped being in the news um, since your time on the show um, just a few short weeks ago. Kelly, uh, what would you like to say? Like, what what is going on there? Uh, for anybody out there listening, it's reading rumors that are seeing the pictures. Like, it's not a secret you guys are together. I mean, I think you're, I just got a TikTok too. You and I are being compared to each other by how bad we are. <laughs> yeah, um, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we need to like do a TikTok challenge together or something. <laughs> yeah, to see, see who can get the most mean comments. That'll be good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're brutal, like, but they're actually entertaining. Those are, I love to read. Those are fun. But, um, yeah. <laughs> so it's not a secret you guys are hanging out. Yeah. Uh, truth is truth is truth, as we like to say here. Tell us your truth. Yeah. What is going on? What do you want the world to know? Yeah. So my truth, um, I mean, I'm in Kelly's apartment right now. Uh, I'm in Chicago, so I'm quarantined up with her and Dustin and, um, let's see. So to go back so people can understand this, um, we, so we had met up again in LA when, uh, we just threw like a mutual friend, Christian, uh, I'm not sure if you know Christian Haggerty, um, shout out to her. She's had her birthday 28, but, uh, she was, so Kelly uh, is good friends, uh, with one of Christian's friends and Katie and, uh, through her brothers. And so Christian and them were hanging out. I was with Dylan. We, uh, 
all ended up running into each other at one night in LA, got her number and um, started communicating. Always just, you know, obviously been very supportive of each other. Um, and then pretty much long story short, you know, she, Kelly was, you know, having some stuff she was doing with, with her family, just um, like, um, just like health issue stuff. And um, I wasn't flying for a while. So, you know, I knew she was by herself. She didn't have roommates, I guess. Um, her family was all in Florida. She was in Chicago. Decided to fly out and spend some time with her and uh, just kind of take her mind off things. Um, that's when this was all kind of like the quarantine stuff was like, okay, stay home. And um, so decided to just kind of make this kind of like my home base. Um, on top of that, I realized it's probably smart to do because my parents are in their 60s. Mm-hmm. I still obviously live at home. not going to risk, you know, obviously I have to fly still as an essential worker. So I didn't want to risk bringing something home to them. So this was the place to be. And um, you know, we've just been hanging out and we really get along really, really well. And I, you know, I love, you know, every second I spend with Kelly, um, you know, she's an amazing person and we just always have been supportive of each other. Um, you know, are, are we dating? No. Um, I am the first person to admit that I have been through so much, the emotional roller coaster of all roller coasters. And the last thing I need to do is to jump into another relationship. I just was engaged couple weeks ago figuring out another relationship but Kelly's just been someone that is just honestly just she's been there for me and it's something that I just really really appreciate and I'm trying to be there for her um and we just we get along really well and have really good chemistry and you know who knows what the future holds um I'm not saying nothing could happen but uh right now just taking things really slow and enjoying each other's time this is one of the only times in the history of the world that especially for you, Peter, that you could literally make the comment, we're not dating, but because of self-isolation, it's not weird to say you're living together. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's what I was just going to clarify. I was going to be like, when you're saying you're not dating, you're saying that you're not exclusive, but you're like definitely (laughs) kissing, right? (laughs) Listen, no no comment on that, but I, I will just say that um, it is weird, right? It just keeps getting more and more confusing. Like, yeah. what's up with my life right now? <laughs> what, what's next? I don't know. Um, but no, yeah, there's there's no rumors. That's just, that's the truth. And um, I mean, Kelly's in there if you guys wanted to say hi to her. So yeah. it's not, yeah. That's, well, uh, yeah, we want to say hi to her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kelly. Yeah, bring her in here. Um, Peter, You as she walks in and get kind of gets settled here, um, you, you seem, not oddly, I was going to say oddly, that's the wrong word. You seem uh, more at peace right now um, than what I expected, right? Like, I just expected, I mean, I think anytime anybody gets off of a season, if it ends well or not, there's like this anxiety, there's this little panic, it's a confusion on how to enter back into the world, you get more attention than ever, people are taking pictures of you walking down the street, like, it gets weird. You seem very much at peace right now, would... Uh, um, and I hope Kelly does come in cause I would love for her to hear this, but like how much of that is because of Kelly? Honestly, a ton. Um, yeah, Kelly is just, I mean, since we kind of reconnected, um, you know, I know it's so funny, like everyone thought there was this thing with my mom and Kelly way before there really wasn't. My mom just is really supportive of Kelly and like Kelly, I don't know if it was the whole Chicago connection, but, um, so Kelly's just constantly shown me that support and just been someone that I've been able to talk to that kind of just gets it. We just went through a very similar experience and we just, unfortunately on the show, like the show wasn't the perfect avenue for us to really get along well, but it, life's weird. And you, you know how you always say like you, things happen for a reason and you know, 
you never know wh- why it's happening or, you know, in the moment. But um, I don't know. Kelly's just someone that I'm extremely grateful for that, you know, she can be in my life right now um, and during such a difficult time. Uh, <laughs> she, I know she always made the comments like on the show, like, oh, she just wants to have fun. And like, I wasn't having enough fun and like rewarding mm-hmm. the, you know, the drama or whatnot. But Kelly's like the smartest person I've ever met and just um, is so patient and just, uh, it's just someone that I, at the end of the day, just really get along with really well. And honestly, like I, I'm just really happy that we're able to spend time together during this time. And that's probably why you're seeing me, um, maybe not so down and, and anxious. Trust me, I've been that way. I've, I've had my moments, but, um, Kelly's definitely helped me kind of push through that. And, you know, I, I owe a lot of that to her. I got to say, from a rom-com point of view, uh, your relationship <laughs> with Kelly and all the serendipity that just keeps popping up, the fact that you guys met before the show, uh, you kept running into each other in the middle of the show, uh, definitely makes for a good movie ending if you guys do end up you know, finishing this quarantine with wanting to spend even more time together. Right. I guess that'll be the true test. Once we're allowed to like escape and leave this apartment, are we going to still spend uh, all our time? Hello. Howdy. All right. We got a special uh, guest appearance. Hey, Kelly, come on down and sit for just a second here. Hey, Kelly. Hello. How are you? It's the attorney. Chop, chop. Oh, uh, <laughs> Kelly, we just got done talking to Peter a little bit about kind of how you guys reconnected and um, what you guys are doing right now. He said it's funny. He, he won't admit that you're dating, but he says you're like self-isolating together so i said it's the only time that you can live together without dating and it's okay for the world um he also has mentioned how good you've been to him during this whole experience as he's kind of going through not recovery but just like processing it all why are you being so good to this man like what what is it that you've seen in him what is it that you've empathized with that you're going i need to lean into this this person who I'm assuming you care about in some way. To be completely honest, I don't know, but since I've been young, I've always just been like a little helper in terms of taking people under my wing and just like kind of leading them in the right direction. And especially with him, like you could tell he's super smart and he gets it, but there's some things where you just want to shake him and be like, wake up. Like, why, what are you doing? Uh, I don't know why I took it like in under, why I took him under my wing, but there's just some things that I could see that I, I could tell he couldn't see and I just felt the need to be like, Peter, what the hell are you doing? Mm -hmm. And especially with him, I could be like completely honest with him. Like, believe me, I don't hold back on anything. Like he hears the hard truth on everything, whether, whether it's mean, rude, he doesn't want to hear it. Um, you know, and he's able to handle it. And I like people that are like that. I became really close with Kelsey on the show as well, just before that, for that reason, like I could speak my mind and she's not going to sit there and take it in like a rude way. Like I'm not sitting here trying to be malicious in anything that I do. I'm just trying to help them. Um, Where did Peter I, I, help then? I mean, if that's, if that's what you're saying, like kind of like drew you in and we get it. Like I've known Peter since he started this whole thing. Like he's a, I've always said like, he's, he's a nice guy. He's a great guy. There are things that he did during the season that I, I mean, I, I would have told him as a friend been like, don't do that. Like, that's crazy. Like, like as a buddy to buddy, I would have said like, Hey, that wasn't smart. Not that you were like ruining anybody's life. Just like, not smart what what, like what were the things that you saw in him that you're like I want to help and why would you want to help him I've always said to him too like I'm always willing to help if I see I would rather hang out with someone who has absolutely nothing they could be like a bum on the streets but if they have a good heart I would rather help that person than like a pompous asshole who 
you know, has everything and has to tell you how much he has. And with him, I just saw he has such a good heart. And I saw that he was getting manipulated every which way. And it just like kind of pissed me off. And um, again, I wasn't the best contestant for the show. And I think everyone knows that. But even with him, I on the show, I'd see him getting manipulated. And I just want to be like, can you stop? Like, make your own decision. Like, stop. Um, even in terms with like him and him and my relationship on the show, you know, the first couple the first couple of weeks, I saw him like look at me differently compared to when we got on our one on one. And I could tell 100 percent that like producers were in his head because on the one on one, nothing happened between us. But he had this like demeanor towards me that was like so pissed off and I was looking at him like what the hell were you told because you know what nothing <laughs> happened here for you to have this to have this like attitude and so right then and there I knew something was like going on behind the scenes and I was like this is bullshit so on our one-on-one which no one really Shut saw <laughs> which no one really saw was um I just called it out I looked at him and I said can I just speak freely and he was like go ahead and I was like hey Peter they don't let me see you they locked me up in a closet for three hours last week and they won't let me see you I said you clearly know they push some people forward and they don't push others forward and I was like you've been in my position before what do you want me to do um but no it's just I saw him like things were getting in his head that he wasn't able to make his own decision and it just kind of pissed me off and I, I, I really don't know, because he asked me all the time, he was like, why do you even help me? I said, I, I really don't know. But at the end of the day, he has a great heart, and I see that, and I think that's something that I was just like, here, look, I see this, I see that, you take it for what it is. Peter, you mentioned earlier that you think that maybe you and Hannah Ann didn't challenge you enough in your relationship. Do you feel like you found your challenger? <laughs> Did you just hear? Oh, my God. <laughs> 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 I swear I'm nice too. <laughs> yes. Yes. Short short answer. Yeah. No. I'm just very grateful for her uh, throughout all this and yeah, and all the patience that she's uh given me. So Well, it's interesting between you guys and what seems to be going down between uh Hannah B and Tyler, we have a couple couples to be on or not couples, sorry, not to label it, but we have a couple people feeling things out that it'll be interesting um to see what happens given the amount of alone togetherness time you guys will be having kelly thank you uh for jumping on uh it's been fun for us to follow the stories i know it's been crazy i know you know there's a thousand different opinions but um thanks for coming on the podcast thanks for talking to us and thanks for looking after this guy um um keep doing your isolation thing uh, peter oh, yeah. Be, before Ashley has a little fun with you here, I want to just take a second and talk to you um, and ask you one kind of open-ended question. We always like to give our guest the opportunity on the in-depth episode to kind of speak your truth to everybody listening. Um, some people come to the almost or the in-depth podcast uh, in kind of a hard place, a, a, a maybe uh, just a dark place. Some people come here just to share who they what they're doing and how happy they are. Um, mm-hmm. I would love for you to explain kind of again where you're at uh, and then where do you want this to go? Like, what now are you hopeful for? Where are you finding hope today? Where do you hope this whole experience takes you? Where do you hope your time with Kelly takes you and good people? I mean, I know Kelly isn't the only one you're spending time with right now. Like, where do you hope this this time of kind of being uh, in isolation goes? Uh, this is a minute, two minutes, however long you need to just speak to our listeners on who Peter Weber is. Where do you want to go and how are you doing? Yeah, um, I so... Peter Weber um, has, you know, I've experienced just so much in this last year um, that I'm going to take with me, yeah, for the rest of my life. And um, 
you know, just every every relationship that I that I had on the show, you know, obviously worked or didn't work. Um, just growing from that and learning to, you know, take time and like not rush in to anything like I've done just so many times in the past to truly just like, uh, you know, do do stuff for me and like not not be so much of um, someone that's just trying to please someone and just uh, and not put my foot down, like just put myself forward a little bit more. Um, that's one of the biggest things. If I were to do the show over again, I would have done. And after the show, though, I'm 100. That's that's me now going forward. Um, I, you know, throughout all this like isolation right now, and like everyone has so much time to kind of just process it and just reflect on everything about your life. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to the future now than more than I ever have, and I think all of us are. And like one of the beautiful things about this isolation is no one's going to take anything for, in my opinion, no one's going to take anything for granted. After this is done, we're released, we're free to do whatever. Like, go out and just do what you need to do, and just hopefully use this time to be like focusing on yourself, focusing on relationships that you know with the people closest to you, and just become a better person and just not take anything for granted. And in regards like with Kelly, um, you know, who knows like what this turns into right now. I just know that I, I love the time that I spend with her and for whatever weird, crazy reason we are in each other's lives right now. And it's weird. I know it's, it's insanely serendipitous, but, um, you know, I'm just excited and like I'm I'm in a really good spot now and I'm so happy that I can say that because, you know, even a couple of weeks ago I wasn't there. But I just feel like such a stronger person, such a, a more confident person, someone that knows what they want um, and how to go about that. And I just I just I just I'm grateful for that. That's what a good partner does, man. Uh, that's what I was just going to say. That's what a good partner does. So, okay, uh, final two to just clean up that some of that and make help it make sense. So are you spending time uh, in Chicago right now for you or just because it was serendipitous and you got locked down there? Are you doing this for yourself? Uh, well, honestly, it's, it's both. Like I, I'm enjoying my time, so I don't want to leave um, except for when I have to go to work. Um, but again, also just cause you know, not risking giving anything, hopefully to my parents, um, going back home there when I do fly. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm having a good time. And then, uh, final two things here. One is for both of you, uh, just to clear, clear it up because I, I do think one of the, the hardest parts has been, as Kelly said, like sometimes it's like, we just need like the full truth to get out there. Yes or no. Like we need to fully understand. Is there a crush going on here? Like, is there a crushing <laughs> going happening? Between both of you, Kelly, you can answer that as well. Yeah, definitely crushing on her for sure. <laughs> it's a little obvious. Yeah. So that means that Nick Vile, Kelly, is not like in the picture. I don't know what happened with that. Okay, Nick wanted me to post it, and I was like skeptical because so I was like, "Why did I post it?" And now he's coming out to be like, "Oh, what did he say that I was I don't cryptic? Remember. That I was cryptic? I was like, I'm not cryptic. Why do I want rumors being spread that I'm no?" Gonna- but yeah. But Nick's been supportive of, no. all, of all this. So it's he's, funny, he's, though. That's Hey, we get it. Funny. We get it. Uh, hey, Ashley, sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> Kelly, Peter, thank you. Now Ashley's going to have fun with you. Um, <laughs> this, has been, this has been a blast. Ashley, take it away. I have some questions for you guys who are currently quarantined and crushing on each other. Um, what have you s- spent time binging on TV? Oh, my God. <laughs> so we've been, we finally finished it, but Tiger King. But we, we are two people that 
we just have ADD to like the like ultimate extreme. And so it took us, and it's only like seven or eight episodes, I think, <laughs> but it took us probably like a week of like trying to watch it. Same here. Same here. Jared and I weren't like that impressed. People, it wouldn't be that big of a show if people weren't quarantined right now. I thought it was pretty shocking. It was pretty crazy. And then people keep telling me that I look like the freaking guy, uh, the Travis dude. With the, with this, not not uh, Joe. The, the husband, the former husband. One of the husbands, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, any good movies you've watched together since? We suck at watching movies. Like, to we're, be we're, honest, we, we were doing puzzles for a bit. We've been doing We've TikToks. been doing a lot of dances. We have a lot of dances to release. Oh. You just got to work. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite food to deliver together? There's yeah. a lot. Um, so, Ramen, but, yeah, Chicago is known for the beef sandwiches. And so I used to live in Chicago for, you know, when I was really little and there was a really great beef place here called Mr. Beef, but Kelly introduced me to a new one called Portillo's. So honestly, I've probably put on 15 pounds since I've been here and get that almost every day. Ashley, it's so bad. Like it is. <laughs> so bad. I thought I was going to lose weight in quarantine because I was doing an amazing job at intermittent fasting. I was like going 16 plus hours without eating. And now, but like, but the meals have been so heavy, so cheesy. That's hilarious. Um, okay. Is Chicago now on the map for a place that you'd move once you officially move out of your parents? Is Chicago? Um, <laughs> I honestly, like, I I've always thought New York or LA, um, but I don't know. Who knows? I Chicago's kind of similar to New York. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I love so <laughs> you guys have really enjoyed um, TikToking and crushing on each other. Uh, what is the pet peeve that you guys have both discovered about each other since being quarantined? The pet peeve. You know, fine. Whenever we go to Portillo's, what do I say? We go to Portillo's. Yeah. When we pick it up or five. Oh, oh. So Ke- Kelly is. She's got a weird pet peeve that she can't have hot anything hot on her lap. And no, so hot food. Hot, <laughs> hot food. We we do a lot of door dashing. Or yeah, DoorDash, but when we do decide to try to get out, we'll go in the car and like I always like try to keep it on our lap, just like kind of piss her off. But um, that's uh yeah, that's Kelly's pet peeve. What's what's mine? How do I annoy you? Oh God! Oh, I I started I started I just got on Cameo and it's so much fun and like I'm like constantly going around just like to it. I'm just having the absolute time of my life and she keeps looking at me just oh I did the one yesterday. It was kind of embarrassing that you like caught. Remember? Oh my God. Yeah. I think there was someone sent a cameo into him that was just like to an ex-girlfriend or something that was super rude. And it was like essentially saying like, how is your sugar daddy like status doing? But I took it totally <laughs> seriously and read it completely serious. And then he's laughing her ass off after I finished. She's like, you're not sending that, right? I'm like, what do you mean I'm not? It was hilarious. And she's like, that's like a complete prank and joke. <laughs> Rude. You don't want to be affiliated with uh, that. Do not do that. And he was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, oh, my mm-hmm. God. That's why Kelly there, with Peter. the brains. Kelly with the brains. brains. I know. She's an attorney, guys. She's I really know. smart. She's so quick. I'm, I'm just a pilot. <laughs> my last question is a fun one right now. If there was one girl that you could have taken further along in the competition than you did, who would it be? <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> It's Miss Chop Chop right here. Amazing. All right, guys. Thank you. You're so wonderful.
you guys are great. This was awesome. I wish I was actually kind of hoping that last question, you just throw one back at her and pick somebody else just for fun. But Hey, uh, <laughs> Hey, uh, Peter, uh, it's been awesome chatting with you. Um, thanks for, for sharing, uh, everything with us. I know we kept you over, but I, I, I feel like it was worth it. Ashley, uh, and I are very excited to talk to you. Kelly, thanks for coming on. Uh, and talking with us both. We do this little thing at the end of every episode, and we're just going to ask you to follow along with us here because we're all in this together. Um, so just follow our lead, okay? Okay. Uh, on this week's in-depth episode, Ashley and I get to talk with Peter Weber, uh, and then at the very end, Kelly. Uh, it was an awesome podcast, uh, one of a lot of complexity. I hope our listeners take a little time to process kind of through Peter's emotions and the journey that he's been on and how he's gotten to this point. Yes, he's made mistakes. Uh, yes, he's done some things, as Kelly mentioned, that we just want to shake him and say, you can be better. But haven't we all? Um, and and the truth is he shared this whole thing with us, and, and we got to be grateful for that. Uh, we wish Peter the best. We appreciate his time. Uh, with that, I've been Ben. I've been Ashley. I've been Peter. I've been Kelly. Later, guys. Hey, for anybody out there listening, make sure you watch Listen to Your Heart. It airs Monday, April 13th on ABC at 8, 7 Central. Make sure you watch it uh, because it's coming out weekly. It's going to be great, Ashley. I think you and I are going to be big fans. Yeah, you and I are going to talk about it every week. So, you know, if you're not watching Listen to Your Heart, you're going to feel totally lost in our discussions. So you got to do it. That's right. Follow the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Childproofing people's homes is hard, but Duracell is making it just a bit simpler. Not only are they committed to educating parents, caregivers, and medical professionals about the importance of battery safety, they also make the only lithium coin batteries with a non-toxic bitter coating to help discourage children from swallowing them. Duracell even features child-secure packaging designed to avoid accidental opening. Learn more at Duracell.com slash power safely, available on 2032, 2025, and 2016 sizes. Ashley, is it true that some contestants have cashed in their 401k to afford a new wardrobe for The Bachelor? I mean, you do need a lot of ball gowns when you think about it, Ben. Where did you hear this? On Smart Money Happy Hour. It's a podcast where two money experts, Rachel Cruz and George Camel, talk totally unfiltered about life, pop culture, and how to afford it all with 90s nostalgia and reality TV fandom mixed in, of course. Ooh, you do not have to say more to get me into this. To check it out, you can search Smart Money Happy Hour and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. 
Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.